Time for us to check in with Vaughn Palmer from the Vancouver Sun, who is marking quite the milestone. Good morning, Vaughn. Good morning, Simi. How does it feel? Well, old. (laughs) 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 I'm thinking back to when I walked into the Vancouver Sun newsroom 50 years ago on the weekend, so April 15th in my ghastly red bell-bottoms with my hair down to my shoulders. And, God, that I'm still working for the paper, several newsrooms, I don't know, a half dozen owners, a huge number of very nice colleagues, and 50 years later, I'm still on staff. Uh, So I'm very, very lucky, I'm very fortunate, but it is quite a milestone. It is. It is, and you know how rare that is, 50 years of working for one company? I don't care what line of work you're yeah. with. That is very rare. I know, you know, some of my colleagues, as you know, have been taking the buyout or looking for other jobs or changing careers, and people do that a lot. And I, you know, I, I've said to them, I, I, you have enormous sympathy for me, and I really have no idea what it's like. I mean, any other place I ever worked was a summer job as a busboy on the BC ferries and delivering pizzas in Nanaimo. That's my entire resume before the sun took a chance on me. And the other thing i got to say to people of opportunity out there, I almost didn't make it. The Vancouver Sun hired 16 interns my first summer, and I was number 17 on the hiring list. And the, <laughs> and the only reason I got on was because the province claimed the guy on the list that they thought was going to be a star, and he was. And they said, you can't have that guy to the sun. And so that created an opening on the sun's list, and they hired me. That's fate. That's what that's called, Vaughn. <laughs> that is fate right there. Uh, that is amazing to me. And is it true that that's, so you're now the longest-serving employee the sun has ever had? Well, yeah, they think so, and, and for a reason that, you know, for a long time, everybody retired at age 65, right? And then they got rid of uh, the retirement age. Uh, and so here I am. I'm 71, and so they they don't think anybody, you know, they, I suppose there may be people that started off delivering papers when they were like a, a, a teenager counts. and yeah. they got hired. So it's possible there's somebody else. But so far, nobody has stepped forward to contradict me. I, the other thing I have to say, Sammy, quite nice, because we've talked many times about uh, my work in radio and about uh, me as music critic. I heard from people over the weekend who just remember me as rock critic. And my favorite note is the guy who posted on Twitter that he thinks I peaked with my review of Bruce Springsteen at the Queen Elizabeth Theater in 1978. (laughs) It's been all downhill since then. And I I thought, well, no, actually, maybe the village people might have been. (laughs) I don't know. That that must have been a heck of a review if they think that you peaked with that one, considering what came after. Yeah, I know. Anyway, it was a good laugh. And... uh, you know, uh, well, I try not to take myself too seriously, although heavens only knows that's a challenge. Maybe that's the key, because you've certainly made it work. So congratulations. You must have been well, having you. a good time all weekend. Yeah, no, it's very, very nice. And, uh, you know, it's been a great pleasure working with you. So that's well, really nice. I'm very lucky. I've been, I've been doing this on NW for 20 years. You that's know? amazing. You've been around a long time. You do these things for a long time. I know. Time. And also, don't get any ideas. You're not going anywhere. So let's get started in talking about some politics this morning because it's a, a new era this week at the yeah. legislature. 
Yeah, new labels in the B.C. legislature. So officially, today is the first day that uh, there won't be members uh, calling themselves B.C. Liberal anymore. They're now the B.C. United, and that is official, and that will be reflected uh, come Monday because the House is back after a, a spring break. Um, it's also, you know, the, the, the former B.C. Liberals will be trying to ignore their former colleague, John Rustad, who is now the leader of the B.C. Conservatives. Now, he only, there's only him. You have to have two members to be an official political party in the B.C. legislature. So he'd have to find somebody else to change labels and become B.C. United, as, uh, sorry, B.C. Conservative as well. But still, I mean, the news coverage will be looking to John Rustad, just the same as we look to the Greens, because anybody who's got a presence in the legislature gets questions in question period, and they get covered by the legislature press gallery. Okay, so there's still more to come on that. And the question period today, I would imagine they're going to talk about transit safety for sure, right? Transit safety, that's an an awful series of stories. And, you know, I, I... Politicians, BC Transit, mayors, councillors, provincial political leaders, they're all, they're all, like, where did this come from? Like, can you really, you can't put a security guard on every bus. How do you know, how do you know where this is going to be a problem? So I think it's, it's frustrating. It underscores just how challenging this public safety issue is even where there is some political will right across the political spectrum and right across all three levels of government to deal with this, but um, it doesn't look like there's that many easy solutions to it, Simi. No, it doesn't. I know we're going to talk more about that today as well. Um, But let's talk about this, uh, the 100-year-old debt that got paid off. Yeah, a big announcement at 3 o'clock on Saturday afternoon, which is not a day they normally make big announcements. This one is big. The federal government is putting up $800 million, and the provincial government is putting up 100,000 acres, uh, 44,000 hectares of what used to be crown land, to settle outstanding obligations to the Treaty 8 First Nations in the Northeast. So these are, there's five of them. They will be getting this. And your your comment, Simi, that it's an outstanding obligation is something they emphasized on the weekend. The Indigenous Relations Minister, Murray Rankin, was quite eloquent about this. He said, there's a there's a reluctance in First Nations communities to make a big deal about these settlements because they're seen in the non-Indigenous communities. A big windfall, and oh, you're in line for a whole bunch of cash, and even some First Nations people misinterpret it. He said, let's be clear about this. This is a hundred-year-old debt. This was promised to these people in a treaty between Canada, because... In those days, the federal government dealt with all these issues between Canada and the Treaty 8 First Nations. They were promised land. They never got all of the land they were promised. And, you know, if you promised 100 acres to somebody 100 years ago, imagine what it would take to settle that claim now. And that's what we're dealing with here. So they didn't make a big deal of it. They chose to announce it, federal and provincial governments, on a Saturday afternoon. But it's significant they didn't provide us with a breakdown, but 
Past practice, Simi, uh, First Nations use this kind of money. They invest it. They try to develop jobs and uh, things for their community going forward. And the land provides them with a base for economic activity. Okay. Now, I guess I'm a little curious here, though. Why? This seems like a big deal, right? Yeah. Why the announcement on a Saturday? I don't. I think for the, the I think the the minister's comment that there's a reticence among First Nations leaders about announcing these settlements because they they're misinterpreted in their own community as to what it means and what's going to happen with the money and the land. And it's you know this is these are small communities surrounded by large communities of non-natives. There's some fairly difficult mm-hmm. issues in that part of the province over everything from access to the land base to access to land for drilling for natural gas to um, snowmobiling uh, the caribou and uh, yeah these these first nations they, they want to settle they want to move on yeah. but they they don't they worry about a backlash they've all had nasty experiences with um, racism and outbursts and threats, and as I say, they'd like to move on. Uh, they would like to put these issues behind them and build for the future, but they're careful about it. They're uh, apprehensive about the backlash potential. And you know, the other thing Rankin said was, and this is true, it's. This has to be explained better to all British Columbians where this is coming from, right? These were treaties. They they were legal agreements that, that our government, national, signed with these people a hundred years ago, and our government never delivered. And so it's a, it's a property rights issue as much as anything. And you extend that to the fact, Simi, as we well know, that there's almost 200 Indigenous nations in B.C. that don't have treaties at all, and think about what it's going to take to settle with them, and you realize that we've got a lot of learning to do here in British Columbia. A lot of learning. Yeah, that just seems so sad, because you think, this is progress, right? We're moving forward. These are old deals that are being settled, and we're moving forward, and they feel like they can't celebrate that. Yeah, that's true. And, you know, uh, one of its many decisions on this, the Supreme Court of Canada said, none of us is going anywhere. These are settlements with communities that we share the province with. And these people have been here since long before the Europeans arrived. They're not going anywhere. And these agreements will give them the land and the resources to build for the future and make a world for themselves. And that's the positive news. Mm-hmm. The positive news is the federal government is spending $800 million in British Columbia, and they don't always do that. So it, it, it's potentially positive, but you're right. It is. There's a poignancy about it that the governments announce it on a Saturday afternoon, partly so they don't draw yeah. too much attention to what they're doing. Yeah, I know. That's the sad part about it. All right, Vaughn, thank you for Thanks that. Thanks, Timmy.